Hello and welcome to Live from the Astro. I'm David Weinberg. I'm Richard Parks. And this is Martha. Hey, Martha. Um, How are you? Good morning. Hello. Who are you? <laughs> My name is Martha. And what do you do here? I serve good-looking guys like you guys. <laughs> and what do we do here? Uh, you come and see me here. Why are we talking to these microphones? <laughs> because I think you're doing something good. Oh. Yeah. But I want them to guess what to do. <laughs> what's your what's your favorite episode so far of this podcast? This one? <laughs> the Astro. Yeah. Every week the best one yet. Oh, oh it's so far, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what you want? We've gonna get better and better and better. Oh yes. I think that I'll just have my normal I'll have a waffle. Waffle combo? Yeah, the waffle combo. Is that going too big? Because you're going to get pie, right? I think I might get pie. Okay. Waffle, just waffle, or you want the uh, combo? Combo? I want just the waffle, right? All right. Do you have, have like, a blackberry pie or, like, a... Berry pie. What kind of berry pies do you have? It's only berry. Oh, we have cherry. We have mixed berries. I'll do uh, berry. Berry. Okay. With ice cream. Okay. Hot? Hot, please. Hot. Yeah. Hot like Martha. If you uh, at home didn't catch that, that was Martha doing a a kissy noise into the microphone, which is something she started doing all the time. Yeah, it's like her, it's one of her many signature moves, I would say. So what are we doing here, David? Uh, For for all our new listeners, I assume there are many. Welcome. 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 Uh, Every Friday, Richard and I have breakfast at... This 24-hour diner, and we record for one hour. We don't edit it. We don't plan what we're going to talk about. We don't. It's loose. Know why we're doing this? <laughs> uh, David has a new look. Usually, David's expressions are limited to his eyes and a little hole in the middle of this big, bushy beard. Let's not discount my 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 prominent forehead Semitic nose. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting that you would uh, bring up your heritage, <laughs> David Weinberg, because when I asked you why you shaved your signature big bushy beard, you told me I don't know for lint. So you, <laughs> you gave up your beard for lint. I do feel like there's a. A sort of cyclical nature to my life where it's like every once in a while I'm just like fuck this I gotta get my shit together and I like shave my beard and I like try to eat healthy and like lay off the unhealthy substances and like I had one of those moments last week where I was just like every couple I, I don't shave my beard very often maybe over a couple years but I just had just like one of those get it together Weinberg moments. <laughs> <laughs> and now a week later, you just look like a guy who hasn't shaved in a week. <laughs> yeah, and I feel great. You look good. Yeah. I think it's a good look for you. I don't I don't like it, but... Why not? I don't know if it's because I'm not used to seeing so my own face. So it's just a spiritual vibe. Yeah. It's like a monk shaving his head or whatever. Yeah. It's your vanity has been... I just don't... I don't know. It's not that I don't look... I just don't like seeing my own face and... I can relate to that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, let's just keep this under uh, undercover. Yeah, I understand. But it's funny because the first time I did it, it really freaked my daughter out because she'd never seen my face. I think she was like one or two and she lost her shit and she started like, got really scared because she was like, who's that man that used to be my father? But now I like let her watch me shave it, and now she thinks it's fun. But she doesn't like how it feels because it's rough, you know. <laughs> but she's used to it. But at this point, mm-hmm. how was your week? You had a birthday. It's my. It was my birthday. How does it feel? It's still technically my birthday. Be, it's birthday week. Yeah. How does it feel to be thirty-six? It feels good. Yeah, it feels good. I feel like this time of year more so than other years, I feel like there is a change coming. Really? Yeah, I feel like astrologically, probably if we looked into it, something's going on where 
I think that the seeds of greatness that we've planted <laughs> in each and every episode of the Astro, you know, are ready to like sprout along mm-hmm. with, with spring. We've had a little bit of late season rain here it's in Southern nice. California, which last year was a spectacular year for rain and the most amazing year that I've ever seen in LA for vegetation. This year, not that much rain, but we did get a little bit and we're starting to see some green in the hillsides. There's going to be some flowers. Let's do this thing, people. Let's keep it together for one more year. <laughs> like, you know, like I think in the Roman calendar, I, I believe that March was the, the new year. Uh, it's when the troops got together to get ready to go, you know, conquer more, Pump you know, sort of 80,000 legionnaires, as Dan Carlin might say. <laughs> um, and it feels like that this year. I'm ready to march into battle. Nice. With some flowers around. Do you have, do you have like do you do like specific goals when for your birthday? Are you like I'm gonna do this? I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna. I should do goals for my birthday instead of the new year. That would be because. Did hello, you know, Martha. By the way, it's Richard's birthday. Richard's birthday. Yeah. It was on Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, well, happy birthday, baby. Thank you. You look better than ever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It's like you're getting younger. When is your birthday, Martha? May 14. So you are a. What's your sign? Red, I see red, I see red. What is it? Cancer? Oh, Taurus, honey. Oh, you're Taurus. Yes. Be careful with me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The bull has threatened the fish. (laughs) I think we found our episode title. (laughs) Well... Are you into astrology? I'm not not into it. I don't know anything about it. Neither do I. But um, I'm just like, I agree. I want to be agree. into it. I'm like, yeah, I'm open to being into it. I just, it's one of the many things that I just don't engage with. Not because I don't want to or believe in it, because I'm lazy. The very basic idea of astrology always made sense to me a little bit because knowing that I was a Pisces all my life when I was a kid and I didn't even know anything about what that meant. Your parents were like, this is what, they didn't sit you down and have the Pisces talk with you? They did not, no. Um, Probably because they're a Capricorn and a Scorpio. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I don't know, yeah. But I knew that the Pisces sign was a water sign and Mm -hmm. that Pisces loved to swim. They were were fish. And I, I cannot get near a body of water without going in it. Like, I just love the water. Uh, so that made a lot of sense to me. And I've heard other things about being a Pisces that have made more sense to me like what? since then. I mean, Pisces are sensitive. They're, like, empathetic. Um, they often have trouble making decisions. And I think that's connected to the empathy thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, because you're always, like, oh, what if this decision impacts this other person in this way that would be unintended and then I should, you know, I should defer to that possibility. But then, you know, it's easy to get caught in indecision if you're constantly thinking through those possibilities because every decision has the potential to cause inconvenience for other people, you know? Yeah. So I I don't know if that's what, you know, the, the scripture would say about, you know, the astrology would actually say about indecision and empathy but to me that kind of makes sense yeah um what else yeah it's the sensitivity thing the sort of emotional spiritual thing yearning interest vibe i don't know what else i'm going to start erroneously you know just talking about my my own only facts here at the astro we can't well, but so you asked about my birthday, and I um, I got a pedicure on my birthday. I know it was it's, really nice. It's a Pisces-themed pedicure. Yeah, I saw the alternating blue and green. It was a completely unplanned event, and all of a sudden, I found myself sitting in the waiting room. Thank you, Elizabeth, my sister, for <laughs> my sister and I had been texting, and we happened to be on the same block where I was having. A celebratory lunch with my parents. She was literally two doors up. You don't, wouldn't have to cross the street to get to where she was. She sent me a photo of somebody scrubbing her feet. Earlier in the day, I had said, for my birthday, will you just, like, teach me how to soothe? Because, like, I don't know how to relax, you know? And she, she's like, I'll teach you. And, and then 
And then next I hear from her, she's getting a pedicure. It happens to be on the same block. So um, I went up there. Birthday miracle. She slid her credit card. Thank you, Elizabeth, for a birthday pedicure. And and we had to wait a little while. I had to wait. She left. She had somewhere to go. But I had to wait a little while for the next technician, expert, beautiful person to be ready to work on my feet. And so you're just surrounded by all these nail polishes. And I was like, what if I just went for it? Because obviously I think that in our you know heteronormative world, we would just get matte gloss or something. Us, or us you just wouldn't get a pedicure. Dudes. Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but so... Once you've crossed that line, it's I started like, yeah, thinking of my birthstone, because that's something my parents did tell me about. I have a birthstone, I believe, and I'm gonna, maybe I'm going to get it wrong. I'm pretty sure it's terramarine. Not aquamarine, but terramarine. But I was thinking of aquamarine. I was thinking about the fact that I'm a fish. I was thinking about the fact that it's my birthday. And I'm flopping about in the desert here. I need all the help I can get, so... Uh, I, f- I found these two colors that, you know, one that was sort of like a deeper blue sea kind of color and another that was more of the clear tropical or like Atlantic Ocean, uh, like bright blue. And I got them on alternating toe to toe. And it's pretty exciting. Yeah. So I'm a Pisces, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> And if you want to send me a gift, it's not too late. <laughs> Care of the Astro Diner. Yeah, just send it to the Astro Diner. Pleasure in Glendale, actually. <laughs> I can never remember the names of the streets here because they all, it's like a weird vortex of streets. It's a very confusing area of Silver Lake. Glendale turns into Rowena, turns into Hyperion. How was your week? Oh, I get, uh, it was great. I got a story for you. He's got a story for me. Can you believe it? Finally. Finally, huh? Yeah. After 22 episodes, what do you got? <laughs> so last night, last night, um, my wife and I went to a screening of the new Wes Anderson movie at LACMA. Do you ever go to those screenings there? They're I, really great. In my life, I have. Yeah, I want to do that there, well, more. So my employer, KCRW, is always a sponsor of them. So they always have a bunch of free tickets. So basically, whenever they have one, fantastic. they send an email out like, hey, who wants to go see what? And they always have Elvis Mitchell host of the treatment. Which I want to talk about after I tell the story. Fantastic Yeah, his Q&As are like the best, which I want to get into later. But He's good. For reasons that are funny, I think. Um, but, oh, um, they're funny. He's well, also a great interviewer. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so we're at the screening for uh, Isle of Dogs, the West Anderson movie. And there's like a lot of drama about the seats in front of us, which I don't know this like woman refuses to get up and leave and she's in the seats of the woman like who organized it all and then it's like this big shirt and I get really nervous when that happens like in this conflict you know and so we're in this whole section that's just set aside for KCRB employees and like every seat has the person's name on it who's supposed to be there and there's like next to me is like I think Dan Ortiz maybe was supposed to be next who's to that? me I don't know there's a lot of people at KCRB that either work there or like associated with the station that I don't know oh okay um, so there's like two seats empty next to us and the movie's about to start and Guess who comes in and sits right next to me? Owen Wilson. No, David fucking Chang. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And so I go, are you David Chang? <laughs> right he, before the screening Yeah, starts. yeah, because the movie hasn't started. And he goes, You're yeah. Like, low key he goes, and I go, I'm a friend of Richard Parks. <laughs> and what did he say? <laughs> he went, oh. And like, I couldn't tell if he was like, oh, like, I don't know who that is, or oh, like... I think it was that. Or like, I don't know what to do with that information. And then I was like, I love what you're doing with Ugly Delicious. And he was just like, very awkwardly like, oh, okay, yeah. And it was like, clearly, he just like didn't want to be bothered. And he had this like hat low down over his eyes, and he was by himself. Right. And um, the other funny thing was that we tried to squeeze in dinner before the show. So, and we ran out of time because traffic was shitty, so we like went to the cafe that's on the premises. You're like, by the way, there's a, a sleeper item on the menu at the <laughs> cafe if you want to pop over later. I know you're into food. <laughs> so, well, so we went to go get food, but they took fuck, forever to get our food, and we're like, we can't eat, but like the food wasn't coming out. Can't and eat we're the like, food. we got to go to the show. And then, yeah. oh, thank you. There's a waffle. And like, all these people kept coming over to our table and be like, we're really sorry. Oh, that looks amazing. Nice looking pie a la mode. And this like this manager comes over and she's like, "We're really sorry your food's taking us so long. It's it's only because the chef was not satisfied with it with the first time it came out." Really? And it's like, well, that's his fucking fault. Like it's like, 
like, he's the guy making the food if it didn't come out right. Like, right. this isn't like helping our situation. We're just like, I don't know what, like, we don't really care what the reasons, but like, we have to be in this movie in two minutes. And they're like, hardcore about you being in your seats at 7.15 if you get these free tickets because they give them up to to people who are on standby if you're not in your seats. Yeah, which, by the way, I went to a screening this week, too, just a little tiny sidebar. It was a 7.30 screening in Hollywood at the Egyptian on, I think, Tuesday. And it's just tough in L.A. to, like, make a 7 o'clock, 7.30 screening it's happen. insane. And try like, to get dinner before Screening that? should happen at, like, 9, probably, in L.A., just the, the traffic alone. You know, maybe yeah. 20 years ago, these screenings made sense. But people, let's reevaluate our standard screening time. Anyway, back to... Uh, so, the food's not coming. And I was like... And I, we were both starving. And I was like, well, whatever. It's fine. And, and my, so you my went wife, up to the... So my wife got Major really said, you know, I'm a friend of Richard Parks. <laughs> no, and they no. said, oh. <laughs> oh, who? <laughs> so then... My wife started to get angry, and she's like, I'm getting really angry. I'm getting really angry. And, like, this is the thing between us. Like, my wife is not afraid of conflict, or, like, she'll, like, say if she's angry. And I'm always like, let's just, whoa, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And I was just, like, I was sort of getting angry at her getting angry. I was like, can't we just have a nice night out and, like, not have, like, <laughs> anyone get angry? And then I think, pretty sure, like, they just saw how angry she was. And the woman came over, and she was like, we've decided to comp everything, your drinks, your food, and we're just going to bring comp it out. everything? Yeah. It was like kind because, of an expensive meal. Because you told them that you were going to miss your screening. Yeah, we're like, we can't, you know, and the food wasn't. So because you had voiced that complaint. So they put all the food into go containers, and like, they have a kind of a strict policy about no eating in the theater, but we were so hungry. Katya kept sneaking french fries like out of the bag and eating them and I was like hey if anyone's not going to give a shit about eating it's going to be David Chang who's sitting next to us and I kept thinking like should we offer him some french fries like fry David Chang (laughs) but then that's like kind of creepy but I kind of got the sense that he just didn't want anything to do with us (laughs) so we didn't like engage with him but (laughs) so for people who don't know David Chang yeah I didn't know if you wanted to talk about David Chang or not but we're talking about him, apparently. Right. Yeah, because I know you have feelings. I don't have any restrictions. I have feelings but. about David Chang. Yeah, of course I do, because he's done a lot for me. I appreciate everything that he's done for me in my quote-unquote career. It's, David Chang is a, a famous chef. You can fill in. Um, Who is he? Yeah, he was Momofuku, his first restaurant. Yeah, Momofuku Noodle Bar was his first restaurant, and now he has restaurants all over the world, including one that just opened in L.A. called Major Domo. And, yeah. and he has a show called Ugly Delicious, and he started a magazine that he used to write for. Right. So he started this magazine called Lucky Peach that was actually owned by his restaurant group. And I uh, wrote a couple articles for that magazine. And what was great about it was that they, and I mean, Chris Ying, the editor of the magazine, had everything to do with this, and Peter Meehan, the other editor of the magazine. But they sort of allowed you a space where you could literally do whatever you want. It was like there it was, was like one of the no best plan. food magazines there was. Yeah. So, and because of that, I ended up meeting David Chang a couple of times. But I mean, the guy meets a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I didn't expect him to be like, oh. I haven't seen him in a few years, probably. But we did. We were. We did share a table at the James Beard Awards, which I was not nominated for. Uh, how did he take it? How did I take it? How did Chang take it? Oh no. Okay. That's a different story. <laughs> when I was at the table, all the people from Lucky Peach, I think I talked about this on the show already. You but talked about it, You talked about it, but it was after we hit the mics off, and so I wasn't sure if you wanted to talk about it or not. Oh, the mics were off? Oh, really? Okay. No, it's fine. So you were talking um, about Ugly Delicious. Okay. And you so had thoughts on it and feelings. When I, I don't know if you want to get into that either. Which thing are you trying to prompt me to say? Uh, I think that, let's say the thing about, we did share a table, David Chang and I, at the, the James Beard Awards with some other people from Lucky Peach. We, Everybody who was nominated and some of the people who worked on the magazine were sitting there. Put some ice cream on your waffle? I think I'm going to do that in a little bit. But when I when my award was announced, yeah, I gave you my parsley garnish. Mm. <laughs> That's for you. Thank you. When the category that I was nominated in came up and... Somebody else was announced as the winner. He leaned across the table. It was like a big circular table of like, you know, 10 or 12 seats and looked me right in the eyes and said, I'm very disappointed in you, which was funny. It was a joke. He's a funny guy. That's what I should have said when he was at Oh, like, you know, the guy who disappointed you at the James Beard Awards. (laughs) Um, And it's funny. I was just talking about City Arts and Lectures before we turned on the mics. And the first time I met Chang was before that. It was between the time I'd written the article and the award ceremony, um, and I met him backstage at a thing where he was interviewed by the guy who 
is on the television show Mythbusters at oh, yeah. uh, City Arts and Lectures, which is an on-stage Aren't lecture there two series. Guys on that show? Yeah, it was Adam. The mustache guy or the no mustache guy? He had facial hair mm-hmm. and glasses. Adam. I don't know. Yikes. I never really. So City Arts and Lectures, great institution in San Francisco. You know, ephemeral conversations with like, you know. Oh, like this. Like this. Yeah, kind of like the Astro. But so Chang was in um, conversation. And so I I met him in passing backstage and I've met him a couple other times. But um, mostly we have some friends in common and I wrote for his magazine. I can't wait to eat at his restaurant in L.A. I have not had the opportunity yet. Oh, yeah, it's open. Where is it? I think it's a little hard to get in right now still. Yeah. Uh, it's on Spring Street. Why don't you Street? just go be like, hey, uh, I'm Richard Parks? <laughs> because he'll say, who? <laughs> who? <laughs> I oh. <laughs> I don't think that he's answering the phones and taking the reservations, but he is around town a lot. And people are very excited about the fact that he opened here because he kind of famously, I think, has said, you know, because journalists get him to say it, that he'll never open in California or whatever. And um, I don't know. I can't remember. I mean, this is stuff that I don't pay attention to. And, like, when he's brought to task, you know, taken to task for it, it's, like, it seems kind of unfair. But he did famously say of California cuisine, like, it's just like putting figs on a plate. Like, do something with your food. Make it more delicious. Um, so figs on a plate became this, like, epithet, you know, about California yeah. cuisine. But, now, I mean, he and Alice Waters are, like, great friends. And, you know, it's all just food media. Hype. Ridiculous. Contrived. Yeah. Hacky food fake, people. Fake battles yeah that's why i'm insulted when people call me a food blogger you don't even have a blog I'm, yeah i did have a blog once but <laughs> well, and i'm sure there was a lot of food on it but mostly <laughs> it was like poetry and stuff but it's under password now you can't look at it damn it i'm a poetry blogger not a food blogger <laughs> which reminds me of a funny story about a friend of mine who came from a family of excavators they had that was their family business and he wanted to make music videos his whole life and be in, like, film. He's like, why am I sp- well, I'm, he I'm told a spelunker? Me, he told me one day that he had this argument with his dad. I don't know if this is true, but his dad really wanted to take over the family excavation business. And he just went, damn it, dad, I'm an innovator, not an excavator. <laughs> Good line. Yeah. Good line. Yeah. Probably so not that true. was it with Chang? That was it. We just sat beside each other and watched a movie together without speaking or looking at each other. But I kept trying to, like gauge what he thought of the movie and he just kind of was stone-faced which I was surprised at because there was a lot of really funny moments and people were laughing and then I was laughing and getting choked up and enjoying this you enjoyed the movie. movie it was great yeah cool it was really fun I haven't seen his other stop animation movie Fantastic Mr. Fox but yeah that's the only one of his I haven't seen it was great well, and, and then there was a Q&A with oh yeah so Q- there's a Q&A afterwards Elvis Mitchell Mod- if, if you've, been, you've been to a Q&A that he does before right uh, live no oh my god they are what, amazing. What, what, what is it? What Be- because it? I feel like most Q&As at screenings and with film people are just, like, really terrible. Because it's, like, bad. boilerplate. It's, like, everyone knows the questions. It's, like, they have these ready-made answers. Right. The person who's doing it puts but no Elvis effort Elvis Mitchell, it. like, a lot of times he doesn't even ask questions. He'll just, like, give a statement and then stare at the person. And you can just see the panic in their eyes because they, like, don't know what to do with that. I don't know if it's intentional, but it makes for, like, the most amazing Q&As ever. And I feel like they always just sort of get crazy, which is true of the one last night. It was, like, Jeff Goldblum, um, a producer who, I can't, like, one of the production designers, and then Courtney, what's his last name? Uh, actor who does the narration. Anyway. I don't know anything about this movie. Um, yeah, and there's just, like... It's just so kind of like delightfully off the rails. And it went, so Jason Schwartzman was supposed to be there, but I guess he got sick, wasn't there. So then at one point, Jeff Goldblum was like, well, just call him. He can answer the phone. And so they did and put him on speakerphone, and he was just like answering questions from the speakerphone about watching obscure dog movies with Wes Anderson in his bed. Because <laughs> I guess Jason Schwartzman also was a writer on the project or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. But it was just like... I just love how, like, off the rails it gets with Elvis Mitchell, where he just will, like, make everyone panic on stage. Well, so you said something that I think is... I have a job where I'm kind of in charge of a team. Yeah, that's all that I'll say about that. Um, But I'm in charge of a team where... I guess I'm in charge. I'm not a manager, but I'm sort of 
is supposed to offer guidance. And you, your moss, your your mug says boss man on it. We'll just put it that way. It's, everybody who knows me knows I'm a boss. I'm a fish boss. Um, but one of the things, I talked to them about interviewing techniques, and one of the things that I think um, is great to remember to try to do in interview is something similar to what I think you just described, which is like, just make a statement or a question, a good question simply, or, or a incisive statement, simply said, and then just don't say anything. And if there is silence, do not fill the silence. Just wait. And then maybe even after you've gotten a response, just wait again. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Well, they, 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 that's something we teach, too, when we teach radio. It's like people panic when there's silence, and their instinct is to just start talking because they don't freak. They start freaking out. Yep. And that's generally a good thing to want to try to freak out the person you're interviewing, I feel like. <laughs> Another good technique. It's good to get to that moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh. How did that feel? Yeah, good question. Are you talking about me? Is it quite how did it feel to be in the Q&A sitting next to David Chang? Sneaking french fries out of a bag? It was fun. It felt, it felt great. It felt like I was alive in the world. And that, folks, is how you get <laughs> the bomb tape. <laughs> Asked and answered, put into practice here on the Astro. Blasting out live to 35 or so listeners. <laughs> I think, we might, be, sure. I I think, think we might have recovered our listeners. I think we're back race. in the 70s. I think we're more than that. Really? Yeah. Well, and we still don't know if these stats mean anything or what exactly they're counting. But yes, I, I think that we're, we're back we're, up to speed. To hey, where we're, on, we're on our way to our goal of 100 listeners. Is that our goal? That's my goal. What's your goal? Greatness. Well, we're there already. <laughs> we shattered that goal. Uh, Last week, you characterized this show as the seeds of something great. <laughs> right. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I just feel like um, that this productive relationship is the beginning of a even more successful thing. I feel like we're going to make cool shit so in one form or another. That at least uh, that more than hundred people will enjoy. <laughs> but it doesn't it have to be like great success. It could just be the seeds of a great friendship or the seeds of a great uh, breakfast, a great hangout, a great tradition. Um, I don't know. Has it been hard working with me? No. I mean, this is the reason I do this is because it does doesn't feel like work and we've worked on stuff that was like actual work and it's always fun what do you think of Ugly Delicious? I have a lot of feelings about Ugly Delicious but I think that it should have been called Baby King for those of you who don't know Ugly Delicious is a new Netflix show starring Richard's best friend, David Chang. <laughs> Celebrity chef. I wouldn't do this to you about somebody who you quasi know. Why not? Because it's ridiculous. <laughs> do you want me to stop? No, I thought that... I I'll think stop. That Ugly Delicious, I think the best episodes are... I just feel like... Excuse me, I'm getting a spam call. You want to take it and put them on the air? No, but um, <laughs> my friend Bennett did say he wanted to call in today. Well, is it him? It's not. No, it's. Oh. I've been getting so many spam calls from yeah, the, the, new, area. the no call list is bullshit. I'm thinking about getting an list. LA phone number again. So you can get LA spam. That's a yes, good idea. Exactly. <laughs> no, it, doesn't that like buy you s six months of no spam change your phone number so you don't get calls for six months do you think that if if somebody called in and we had it on speakerphone that it would actually record we don't want to do any mixing because we don't do that here yeah it'd be fine you think people would be able to hear the person sure when has poor sound quality ever stopped us from doing anything on this show 
Never, but I'm back to engineering, so everything's going to be totally buttoned up. Mm-hmm. Although the last two episodes have been amazing. I just had some... Uh, they sounded great. Yeah, Better I just had some... Our like, best sounding... I just had to, like... I learned on the job, what can I say? <laughs> um, and you talked about Nick White calling it at some point. I, okay, but quickly, Ugly Delicious. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was very interesting. And, and um, I, I thought that the fried chicken and fried rice episodes, especially fried chicken, were amazing and, like, kind of exactly what is good about that show. And I think that, well, look, it creates conversations because he's he's presenting things in, like, very broad strokes. Uh, um, he's presenting contradictions in, in broad strokes, and it comes from his personal experience and perspective. And whether you agree or not, it makes you think about things yeah. in a different way. And it's definitely not just about food. It's definitely about, like, culture, you know, America, race, history, um, and and that is what I like about yeah. food journalism in general. And but I feel like it took a while for the show to get to those points. I feel like the first episode was just sort of like bros eating food in Italy. It was just like well, the very bros like, eating food thing which, is yeah, like that just permeates every food television show pretty much, uh, which. Is maybe too bad, or it's definitely too bad. <laughs> certainly, there's an imbalance there that is waiting to be corrected. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is this. When I saw that first episode, I was like, oh, this is not the show that's going to do it. Yeah, but I mean, you could say that about our show. You could. We're just bros eating food. That's literally what our show is. <laughs> We're just two white bros eating food and pretending like what we have to say is interesting <laughs> enough to put up every week. For less than a hundred people, <laughs> it's ridiculous. At least Ugly Delicious like has a real platform and and celebrities and celebrities. Yeah, which what? So whatever I think of that. Uh, oh, thank oh, you, Martha. Thanks, Martha. I've I've complicated feelings about celebrities. Mm-hmm. You know, just like yeah. if you're just going to put celebrities on your show, why are you doing it? Is there a reason? But in the kind of like non-scripted food television world, like. There are plenty of reasons to do it that have nothing to do with storytelling or whatever. You know, it's it's um, there are other things at work that are bigger when you are making a show for Netflix and you are David Chang, who he's a chef, he's world famous, he's been on the cover of Time magazine. So, and I'm sure his schedule is very full. But I, I think that he made some great points throughout that first season I hope that he makes a lot more of them um, a lot more seasons of the show it definitely stood out as a unique different and better food show than most although I don't know most but I do like to watch food videos it's turned into it like the past few years I've started like a lot of online food stuff I mean, Migrant Kitchen is another series on KCET. I thought that was really well done, the ones that I've seen. I was glad to see, like, many, many of my friends and acquaintances in Ugly Delicious. And um, that's what I think about Ugly Delicious in a nutshell. So should we take a call? Yeah, was someone calling us? Did we get to whatever you wanted to talk about, about Ugly Delicious? What do you think about Ugly Delicious? I, I think I said everything I think about it. I've only seen the first episode, so... Okay. <laughs> I can't really... I don't Tune really in have next like, week. I don't really have, like, an informed opinion about it. But, I mean, it's like... For but, me, yeah, it's like... Celebrity stuff, it's like, who cares that I know David Chang, you know? And I don't really know I him. I got the sense he doesn't, doesn't really know who, who you are. No, I don't think he does. Like, <laughs> I just thought it was... It's like, also, like, I kind of, like, panic whenever I have an unex- like, unexpected encounter with a celebrity, and I'm always just, like, trying to find some thing to connect to them with, you know? And it's right. Like, Why don't you just leave them alone? Um... That doesn't seem as much fun as, like, trying to, like, get an interaction. With, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm not afraid to, like, go a little bit into someone's, per- like, private. You know, like, after he, I got the vibe that he was, like, not interested in being my bestie, I was like, cool, I'm not going to get, you know, like, I gave him his space. Cool, no fries for you. <laughs> you can't be fries. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I'll engage with someone. No, I mean, I won't, like, run up to someone on the street, but if someone sits next to me in a movie, it's like, yeah, I'll be like, hey. Right. Yeah, no, that is another level. If I saw him walking down the street, I wouldn't run up to him and be like, hey, I'm friends with Richard Parks. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's insane. Right. That's yeah, crazy. No, you, but you were there, you were face-to-face, and yeah. you thought of what you would say. Yeah. 
I had a, an experience and like thought, that about you know, a year ago. I had the potential ago. to open up a conversation, and there's totally. things I'd love to talk to him about, and like, you just, you know, I get it. It's like maybe you if wanna... you would describe the articles that I had written, he would remember, or describe my face or if, something like that. While he was that. watching the movie, I just like pulled up your article. Yeah, you like, like, hey, <laughs> this is the one jogging <laughs> your memory, DC. Uh, oh, Shay said DC. Are you DC? Is that would that have got me somewhere? You think? I just said it because those are his initials. I don't think that, I don't know who calls him that or not. But Let's call him right now. And give oh, him yeah. I had an experience kind of similar to that at a very small screening. It was like a feedback screening for a movie. It was about a year ago. And I sat down next to, and there was popcorn. And I brought some popcorn in. And I was sitting next to somebody. And we were like waiting for the screening to start. And there were maybe like 20 seats at the most. And I offered the guy popcorn. And I introduced myself, and I gave him my card, and then he told me his name, and I was like, I am such a big fan, because I was. Who was it? Victor Livingston. He's a documentary editor. He edited Crumb. Oh, wow. Which is one of my favorite documentaries. And I was eating popcorn with Victor Livingston, and... Did he ever... It was a different... Email you or call you? No, I think he took a card, you know, politely, as most people do. Nobody calls... Nobody emails. Oh, thank you, thank Martha. You, You're very welcome, sweetie. Well, no, I, we could we could call somebody. We could try that. <laughs> sure. What do you want to but, call? I mean, you were being all you know, Mike Love. And you were you were just like, when you mess with the formula, you're asking for trouble. Before we turn on the mics. Oh. Though just in reference to my which doing is funny, accents. Which is funny because it was entirely my idea. It was, was entirely like, we should do bits. We should do and I, I I don't think we should not do experiment. I just feel like it's tricky to the balance between just like doing something and and doing something planned. But then again, we never plan anything on the show, so it's like fuck it, let's do whatever. Do you want to call somebody? I feel like I don't know so my friend Bennett wanted to call in, but you mentioned something about Nick White wanting to call in. He says he always wants to call in, but then he never does. Well, maybe we should call him. Because I feel like, given his history as a subject on this show, he should probably be the first. All right. He's probably more likely to pick up if two you call missed him. Call. I have two missed calls. Oh, it's probably someone trying to call in. Is everything okay? Yeah, I think it's just spam from Colorado because I have a Colorado number. Um, Perfect. We're both getting spam calls in the past 30 minutes. Just a heads up, I have 3% battery life, so this might be a short call. Okay. It's nice to have sort of arbitrary limitations, like the phone just died. Call's over. (laughs) Otherwise, it could go on forever, and we'd get that feedback. Also, we can just say the phone died if the conversation's not going well, and we'll just be like, that's that. So should we just call him with no plan, or what should we say when he answers? You're you're live on the Astro. Okay. Maybe we'll ask him who I should do an impression of. Is your volume all the way up? Stick that stick that speaker right into the mic. This is Nick. Leave me a message. Leave him a message. You're live on the Astro with Richard Parks and David Weinberg. But not for long. But not for long, because my battery's about to die. Great. That was our first call-in segment. <laughs> <What's>... <laughs> Should we try another one? Sure. Should I call? So Bennett wanted to, he said he wanted to call in. This is a chance to like, so test your him. friends. It's like, oh, you want to call in? Well, now you're on. So you better have something to say. Do you want any more of this ice cream? I'm done. I can't do this. Uh, maybe. What is up, my son? You're live on the Astro. Wanted this. I've always needed this in my life. Hang on, let me turn down the movie Ronin. Ronin, what are you doing at 10 a.m.? You're watching Ronin at 10 a.m. on a Friday morning. (laughs) Who are you? It's my it's my reheat my soup from last night background movie. I like to keep some livelihood, some some life in the house with a little a little Ronin. You know what I'm saying? So David doesn't know you as well. So I'll, I'll just tell David. I'll fill him in. Please do. Bennett almost always has a movie on in the background. Really? Like instead of music? Tell us about that. Um, you know, it's probably, so, you know, like I'm a happy guy, but it's probably like a deep-seated, like always needing to, you know, like being, thinking that I'm lonely with silence. And also, 
there is something soothing about having like a, a war movie. Like I fall asleep to a movie, and my sweet lady has to turn it off in the middle of the night because it just soothes me. It takes my I, don't, my I don't have to be in my brain. I get to be with the movie. You know what I'm saying? So give us the log line of Ronan, just so we can kind of have a definition of what a soothing movie is for you. <laughs> so Ronan is a super soothing movie about a group of thieves led by Robert De Niro. And they're going all through Europe. It's also like a cool Audi commercial because there's lots of great car chases and gunfights with sweet, sweet Audis from, when was it made, like 20 odd four. 20-5, maybe? Right. Would be my guess. There's an epic so like, uh, car chase scene like throughout the sort of gothic streets of some small European city, as I remember. Oh, yeah. There's like four of them. So this is kind of your chill-out, soothe-yourself, kind of, you know, <laughs> taking it down a couple gears, 10 a.m. Friday morning kind of movie recommendation. Yeah, just, just a soothing way to just kind of get cooking with your coffee and your reheated soup. And, you know, get that belly where it needs to be, get the bubbly water in there. Then you're feeling good. You're ready to do your do the stuff you got to do. You know, the email's already been done, but then you got to jump back into those those emails you didn't want to get done. You know, that whole thing. So anyway. I think sociologists cool are going to find this episode, you know, 100 years from now and be so fascinated by how people in Los Angeles lived in the year 2018. <laughs> I agree. Hey. I'm hey. proud of it. Hey, I agree. <laughs> okay, what's <laughs> hey. your name and what, why are you on the show? Uh, my name's Bennett Barbaco. Um, I'm a Los Angeles resident. And I don't know, I was just like at, at a, like a small birthday gathering the other day, and I met you too, and, and I had a good time. So you just called me randomly. I, I didn't know what number this was, so I picked up. So what is, your, what is the deep issue that you're fixing and putting a Ronin-shaped Band-Aid on? <laughs> The deep issue that I need to jump into, you know, shortly, or you mean what's the like issue with me and my character and you know the problems that I have? You're watching Ronin at 10 a.m. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's that deep issue? I didn't know what you, which one you meant. Um, take me a while. It's taken me years to think about this, you know, and really figure it out. It's probably, um, it's it's probably. I don't know. Richard, you know me. What's what's the deep issue? Give it to me. I think you like distractions. You know, you're you're also yeah. you're somebody who is constantly reorganizing every room, every bookshelf, every counter space, every stack of paper, right? Yes, this is true. My garage is my current project, but I just did the the sort of the library billiards room but I'm, I'm back in the garage right now actually what are you doing out in the garage well you're in the garage washing ronin at 10 a.m no no no, no, no. Okay. ronin's inside ronin's inside I'm, okay I'm, you've got a reorganization I, project out in the garage i misspoke i was in the garage 10 minutes ago i meant i'm quote unquote back in the garage right now meaning like that's my current organization project kind of i, mo I moved out of the billiards room mm -hmm. david has a, few, a question a few days ago. I, I don't have a question i have a question yeah um David, I have a question. Okay. I, I, I don't think you can hear me. The other night, um, and like <laughs> the time when you were sitting down, and I had I was standing above you, and I had my hand on your shoulder, and we were talking about your show, and like you know we got into it, and this was like the first time we'd ever met. How do you feel about that interaction? Uh, I felt like it was good. I'm always amazed that anyone listens. So when I meet someone who listens, I'm just like, wow, that's that's amazing. You're our first call-in guest. Was it weird that I was standing above you and had my arm on your shoulder? I don't even remember that being the dynamic, so I don't think it was weird. I think, oh, actually, you know what? I think I think I did stand up because I was like, oh, this is... You did? Well, it's like you never know if it's just going to be like a passing... Ben, you're, you're kind of breaking up a little bit, so let me just break it down for a second for our listeners. These guys met the other night. Bennett's a longtime listener of the show, knew who David was, and apparently stood above him and put his hand on David's shoulder to like talk to him about what he felt about the show. And right. So Bennett's asking, 
how did you feel about well, that body I think, language? <laughs> at first I was like, oh, hey, well, you know, and then it's like you have to make a decision, like, are we about to engage in a conversation, in which case I should stand up. And I think I did stand up, if I remember correctly, because I was like, oh, we're going to talk. Because, you know, it could just be like someone walks by and is like, hey, I love the show, and then they keep walking. They're like, what, hey, That's what I, normally happens. I know Richard Barks, and then they keep walking, but like... Um, well, let me, let me say one thing. Okay. You definitely did stand up, like, with your body, but you didn't stand up for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have, I have issues with how to think about this show, which I feel like just, I'm still sort of thinking about it, too, especially when, you don't know this, but Richard just described our show as a two, two white bros eating food, <laughs> which it is, and so now I'm thinking about it, like, I have to come to terms with that reality, and, uh, yeah, it's it's like a. I wouldn't say that's something you'd necessarily want to like take a hard stand for. <laughs> so the way <laughs> you we're, know? we're uh, correcting that imbalance is by calling our um, white bro friend who watches action movies at 10 a.m. and eats soup on Friday mornings. So I think we're well on our uh, way yeah, to uh, wokeness. <laughs> Have you guys uh, ordered yet? Have you seen Martha? Yeah. yeah, Martha's been Martha's, all over. She's been amazing. We're 46 minutes in, and um, our call-in segment is coming to an end, I think. Because okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys go, but just tell Martha I'm excited to meet her. Oh, okay, nice. hey, Bennett, for uh, how can we check out more of your work? You know, Where should we follow you on social media? Anything you want to plug? Oh, check me on all the social channels. Check me on the Insta. Check me on the book. Check me on the sites. You just got to look for my name, and then you can find all about me and all my pics and all my cool posts. <laughs> All right, thanks for being our first call-in guest. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. It was yeah, great. Yeah, enjoy Ronan. Get back to Ronan. Okay, right, Bye. Adios. So there was our actual first call-in segment. Yeah. Talk about this You know what I just got thing. just this very second? What? An what? email from Nick White. <laughs> oh, really? So yeah. he ignored the call. Well, he's actually responding to an important work email that I'm on, so I feel like he's probably like, I'm working. Right. <laughs> I don't have time for your bullshit. Do you guys email a lot? Yeah. So it's easy to like throw an email back and forth any time of day. Yeah, we email several times. I and mean, we're working on two shows together that are about to come out. Well, one of them is about to come out. So there's a lot of, like, we're in like the flurry stage of a project where it's like, like right now we're trying to plan this launch party for one of the shows. And so we're like on this email thread with the events For people, your show or the you know, music for his one? Show. So it's like, uh, When am I going to hear a new cut of my story? I don't know. Cool. That's a Nick question. I'll email him. Well, uh, what did you think of this body language question? What, oh, it's good. Or what, what feedback did Bennett give you about the show? Because I wasn't there. That he... Lo- I don't remember. I'm not, my memory's not great. Uh, that he loved it. And that um, it, he... I remember him saying that he hadn't listened to all the episodes. And I so was like, I don't blame you because that's a lot of content. Did you feel like called to defend the show at all no 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 no. i mean it's like you know how you get you can sort of tell how someone thinks about something regardless of what they're actually saying you can sort of read their body language and the way they are and i just got the sense from him that he genuinely like enjoyed the show right you know because someone could say like i like the show i haven't heard it all and you could get the vibe that's like oh you haven't heard it all because you don't really like it you're just saying that but i got the sense he was genuinely like i like the show and i was like oh awesome Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. All right, so let's get... I know the ice hasn't dropped yet, so yeah. maybe we won't do track of the week yet. Could I, can I um, give a plug slash shout-out slash podcast recommendation for a yes. story that I heard this week that was I, Please do. I found incredibly moving? Um, so the, uh, Unfictional, which is a podcast that KSW produces, just launched its new season, and there's a story on there by Sharon Mashihi. That's amazing. I don't know the name of the story, but um, it's about Sharon, who is Iranian-American, and her mom and their relationship, and they go on a cruise together with this famous Iranian radio celebrity psychologist who's sort of like the Dr. Laura of of, uh, of Iran, I think, is my, okay. my, my, my take, my understanding from the story. It was really good. It was like, I was like crying listening to it. It was so good. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm which I don't doesn't have. Also, I was like listening to it while I was doing some sanding. <laughs> this is like on my front porch, just crying and sanding. <laughs> it's like if anyone walked by and just saw me, like just like 
you know, with like my goggles on and just my power standard. You're I'm crying just like in your crying. Goggles? Did <laughs> it they fog been, up a little like bit? like a nice image for someone to like, because I live on like a stair street and so people literally like come down these steps. Right. And like, you just like, you're like in my yard. You're like right there. Yep. And it, someone would have heard a sanding and like looked at that and they just would have seen me like, <laughs> just like sanding and like bawling. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, you should go listen to that story. So should, Unfictional, do you know what the title of the show was? Uh, I can tell you. I can look it up. Cool. Should we talk about other podcasts that we listen to? Yeah, if you got a... Do you want to do your Dan Carlin impression? Sure, maybe. Should I do it? Yeah, you should. So Dan Carlin, Hardcore History, kind of goes like this. (laughs) (laughs) Can you just imagine, you know, going to a movie? You know, you've got your ticket, you wait in line, maybe you get, you know, sort of a snack from the concession stand, you know, maybe uh, milk duds or say the ancient equivalent of popcorn. (laughs) And you walk into the theater and, and you sit down in your seat and the lights go dim and, and the previews start to play, you know, sort of the, the coming attractions of the movies. And one comes up and it's, Rated R, and it's an action movie, and there's going to be blood, and battle scenes, and legionnaires, and violence. But instead of a cinematic representation of such a scene, actual legionnaires come (laughs) out and start throwing daggers into the hearts of actual human beings. And you are called to witness incredible violence. What would that be like? <laughs> so that's sort of my Dan Carlin. That was great. I, yeah. That was great. Hardcore history. Shout out to Hardcore History. Humongous fan of that show. I love that show too, but I've been listening. I've only heard one episode and I'm out halfway through it and I've been listening to the show for like a year. <laughs> it's like I can only listen to like, a f- like you know, 15, 20 minutes at a time and I'm working through the, like, three-hour episode on Armageddon. After a very brief introduction, there's the sound of, like, a low-frequency bomb going off, like, very far away, and then it's just him talking for (laughs) five to, like, 70 hours. Yeah. And he often says that he's not a historian. He's just an amateur. He just likes to read books. There's no sound design. There's no interviews. There's just this guy talking through some of these major things that have happened in human history. But it's amazing. And it's great. It's a great road trip podcast because you can just fill five hours, you know, learning about like Celtic Holocaust was a great one for example. It feels like an audio book. It's very much like an audio book. And he's figured out how to kind of monetize it like an audio book. I think, you know, the the most recent however many episodes are always available for free, but then he has the rest behind a paywall, and I think that's been really good for him. And whenever he quotes one of the other books, he always has the same voice, no matter if it's a woman or a man or where they're from or yeah. what yeah. part of history. And he's like, and this is Thucydides from Rosalind Arkin's translation. And they crested the hill and came upon them. You know, I'm not going to do it because it's going to... You're going to get in trouble for being yeah. loud again. But it's, it's always that register, and it's just hilarious. Um, and he has a lot of vocal tics that I love, and um, I think that I just scared off the people who sat down in the booth next <laughs> they to They definitely us. moved I on the table. I am so sorry. Well, <laughs> what are some other podcasts that you've been liking? Um... Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. That's right. It's not the first time I've been chided for my volume at the Astro, and certainly won't be the last. <laughs> I can't believe they let's do this there at all. I know it's really incredible because this is the twenty-second, or <laughs> we've done it maybe a couple dozen like we times. We didn't ask permission. We just showed up and started taping, and I assumed we would get in like two minutes in. In fact, the first time we were kind of like hiding the microphones a little bit. Right. We in our sure. breast pockets. Yeah, in our breast pockets. Listen to episode one if you want look to hear. Look at us now. Look at us now. Yeah, we're confident, Piscean, 36-year-olds. I want to recommend 
five women by this American oh, life. Oh yeah, that was amazing. And then if you after you listen to that, you should listen to the interview with Hannah Jaffe Waltz on long form. Oh okay, I have not listened to incredible that. Incredible and like a great follow up to listen to the episode. So this American Life did a piece and it's sort of a different way of telling a Me Too type story, and it's testimonials from five or so women. Uh, or so, five or so, I think. <laughs> it's five. It's called Five Women. Look it up. I, I think it dropped the weekend before last. And um, it's really fascinating storytelling um, and just, yeah, a different kind of less sort of bombastic um, Me Too story. And, like, you know, one of my... One of the things that I feel like uh, th- this American Life doesn't always do great is vi- is like experiment with structure, right? And it's like s- really good in terms of like it's just nice to see like a, a new structure emerge from their like narrative powerhouse machine and still you know be good. Right, the way that they framed it and when they decided to separate characters into, you know, like more than one segment um, is very interesting. And I actually, I sent it to my team to say, like, listen to this. Like, this is a very interesting way to structure, like, a multi-source story that's very testimonial-based. You know, there's not a lot. I mean, there's definitely voiceover, but it's always just supporting the information and there's not a lot of context necessary. You know, it's just sort of like, you know, it's about this person and now you're going to hear like a kind of like Rashomon, you know, different perspectives on this person. So fantastic. I'll listen to the long form interview with the reporter, Hannah, Hannah Joffey-Walt. Hannah Joffey-Walt. And I would also recommend, I also, in the same email, I sent my team, uh, Sharon Stone's episode of WTF with Mark Marin, ah. because I think Mark Marin is one of the best interviewers in the world for sure, and maybe even the best. And um, he is so good at getting to great intimate moments with people, and he usually does in an hour. But this, he just got so steamrolled by Sharon Stone. Really, it was just Marin being like, "Uh huh, yeah, yeah," the entire time. And then at the end, he was like, well, thanks for coming on. She's like, I got one question for you. It was just like, she was just like ruling him. But I mean, it was still interesting. And she's telling the story of her life. And it's kind of like he's getting a lot of good tape. But it didn't feel like he was in charge ever. Uh And I don't know why, but it kind of doesn't matter because it's still interesting. And you still get to some intimate moments. But she kind of glossed over whatever she wanted to. She relayed the information in the ways that she wanted to relay it. And a lot of the time he was saying, you know, which is a verbal tick that we all have, and certainly I have in interviews, and you just want to keep it going, of course, you know, but you're saying, yes, you're kind of like supporting what they're saying, even if you don't even know what they're talking about, you know, Um, and you're not stopping to explain or, you know, get your own understanding of it because it's an interview. It's, It's more of, you know, it's a problem of live interviews or unedited interviews more so than it would be a problem of like reporting or, you know. Yeah. But, um... I love Mark Marin, and that interview was great. But I think that he did. I, I don't. I don't know that he would argue. Like I think he got a little. I definitely know what it's like to get steamrolled in an interview. It happens to me all the time. It just happens to Mark less. Anything else, podcast wise, you want to touch on? Um, I haven't really been listening to a ton of podcasts lately. Me neither. It's. I mean, I hardly um, have the time with. I've been reading. Up on this I've been one. reading a lot more than I have been listening to podcasts, which has been nice. I can tell you I've been reading I've been reading a lot of like essays and like cultural criticism mm-hmm. um, and I've been reading two books that I love I just finished They Can't Kill Us Until They Kill Us by Hanif Abdurraki which was amazing highly recommend it and uh, I'd never read John Jeremiah Sullivan before I don't know how he escaped me you know? he's amazing yeah I, and he's a, a friend of, of mine let me pulpit his book and, and Collection it's of amazing his, that uh, first story articles. in there about him going to that Christian rock festival yes. is like Man, so 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 good. Read the Axl Rose one. I read that one too yesterday, okay. and then I and then I was like listening to a bunch of Guns N' Roses. Maybe that sh- should we put patience. Week? I was listening to Patience because if you would ask me when I was uh, in middle school to name my three favorite bands in that in order, I would have said Weird Al Yankovic, Counting Crows, and Guns N' Roses. Like <laughs> that would have been my top three. Okay, great. So you want Patience by Guns N' Roses to play us out this sure. week? Okay, that's our track of the week. We got 30 seconds left. I just want to mention John Jeremiah Sullivan, the god of magazine writing, JJS. 
Uh, his little peep, by the way, is really good too. It just came out. His little his article about little peep is really good. I'll check it out. The line from the Axel Rose profile, though. Yeah. He's talking about Axel Rose. You know, the his kid who, who made it, and then he's talking about you know the guy who's trying to make Chinese democracy 20 years later. And there's a line that says. It looks like he's wearing an Axl Rose mask. Yeah. And that's such a good way to describe somebody getting older. Um, and I've used it. I've stolen it. Thank you, everybody. Good, good night. <laughs>